hello ladies and gentlemen, this is Harland Williams here for the Harland Highway, and I don't know why I'm talking like a Swiss-German-Polish guy. Weird. Uh, anyways, enough of that, we got things to do. Hi, I'm Harland, welcome to the Harland Highway, as I said in another accent. Uh, great show today, as always, aren't they always great, ladies and gurgle bloggins? Um, we are going to be talking about, uh, one of my favorite talk show hosts, uh, David Letterman made an announcement just recently and, uh, you might've heard, you might not have, but I'll, uh, repeat it for you when we, uh, get down through the podcast here and talk about David Letterman. Also, um, how about this? Some guy was kicked out of a movie theater for doing something crazy. Okay, we, we've had a lot of weird incidents lately in movie theaters. Wait till you hear why this guy got the boot and they had to call the police on his criminal ass. Whoa. And then lastly, uh, I'm going to uh, lay down some live uh, live audio of me just kind of improvising and winging it at a local comedy club the other night, spritzing with the crowd, kind of just having some fun, freewheeling it, trying to find some new material. And uh, we're going to let you hear that at the end of the show. So put your seatbelt on. It's time to roll down the highway. The Harland Highway! You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. I am out here for you. You don't know what it's like to be me out here for you. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. It's like I took the wrong week to quit drinking. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> what was it we had for dinner tonight? Well, we had a choice, steak, fish. Yes, yes, I remember. I had lasagna. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? It's like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. That is thought for Samantha thing to say. Welcome to the Harland Highway. I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. Okay, here we go. Let, let's kick it off with a... Uh, a wacky story, okay? Here's a story that, that'll curl your toenails if they're not already curled. Um, a Brooklyn man in New York, a Brooklyn man with diabetes, says a local movie theater called police when he refused to throw out the strawberries he'd brought in to the movie theater. What the hey-who? Um... Yeah, this guy, uh, Michael Cass, says he's a type 2 diabetic who has to maintain a healthy diet in order to keep his blood sugar in balance. Okay, fair enough. He didn't think twice about taking some berries to a Sunday showing of a movie at the uh, local movie theater. Now, keep in mind, this is kind of like a smaller town movie theater it's like it's it's not like we're not talking in the heart of the city we're talking kind of out in the country type thing so there's like one movie theater out in this town um so a ticket taker spotted the strawberries during a routine bag check what since uh, since when is there a bag check at the movie theater what, what are they gonna have those those x-ray machines next the uh the, uh, the the ones they have at the airport? You, you're not smuggling cantaloupe into this, this movie theater, are you? No, sir. Okay, because we, we don't want anyone watching ha- the new Harry Potter movie eating blueberries and pomegranates and kiwi fruits and whatnot. 
No, sir, not me. Can you stand in that x-ray machine, please? I'm sorry? Stand in the x-ray machine. I smell fruit. I'm sorry. Get in the x-ray machine or you're not going to see no Harry Potter. That's right. Look, look, beep, 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 beep. Look at that. He got banana. Oh, he got he got muskmelon. He got he got watermelon slice. Oh, he just crawling with fruit. This one. <laughs> oh God. Um. So a bag check. The guy says uh, he wasn't allowed to bring them in, and and this guy explained the situation. Said I'm a diabetic, and the movie manager asked him to throw out the strawberries. So this guy says uh, he asked for a refund, but the manager refused, which I don't think is allowed. I mean, I think if you don't if you, you don't like a movie or the situation, uh, you're allowed to leave, get your money back. I know a lot of movie theaters have a policy. If you get up and leave within the first, I think it's the first 20 minutes, there's some movie theaters that will give you your money back. I've been to, there's a there's a place in Los Angeles called the Arclight. And uh, I know for a fact, if you don't like your movie, just for whatever reason, it, it it's too violent, it's not funny, you, you just don't like it and you get up and go, I hated that. They'll give you your money back. I've done it. Um, but, uh, so this guy, uh, they refused to give this guy strawberry Willie, I'll call him. They refused to give the, uh, the care, the, the strawberry shortcake guy a refund. So the guy just continued along with his original plans and went into the theater. So he goes into the theater and, uh, he, he goes, I, th- I thought I was calling her bluff. I didn't in a million years think they would actually call the cops on me for bringing strawberries into a movie theater. So I guess the the manager at the theater called the cops. 911, what is your emergency? Uh, yes, um, we're about to watch the new Harry Potter movie. Yes, ma'am, go ahead. And, um, there's someone in in front of me. Yeah, go ahead. What's your 911 emergency? Yes, there's someone in... I smell berries. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes, someone's eating fresh strawberries. Freshly picked strawberries with dew drops on them. Okay, what is your emergency, ma'am? Um, well... Someone's eating strawberries? Okay, we're going to be right over. We're going to get on that right away. We're going to send three police cars down there. Get the strawberries over. Thank you so much. Okay, just stay where you are. Just stay where you are. Don't engage the man with the strawberries. Do not talk to him. Dude. Just stay where you are. Hide in the closet. Oh, I'm in a movie theater? Well, go hide in the closet. Good Lord. I mean, it, it, it's hard enough to get a cop to your house when you're getting murdered. Now they're sending cars over to uh, the Cineplex. Cause some guy's having a fruit cocktail and the while he's watching uh, the Hunger Games, the hell. So uh, this guy, uh, well, l- let me play the clip because y- y- it's almost hard to believe. Let me play the clip, and uh, y- you can hear this guy's story. Unbelievable. Most people eat buckets of popcorn at the movies, not Michael Cass. I uh, purchased, you know, a, a container of strawberries. The healthy alternative choice as it is a necessity for the park sloper. I'm a type 2 diabetic, which uh, just means that, you know, in order to keep my blood sugar in balance, I maintain a healthy diet, low carb, you know, low fat, 
Low sugar. But that didn't stop management at the Pavilion Theater from calling cops after he snuck in the forbidden fruit. It happened Sunday afternoon at a showing of Divergent. A ticket collector spotted the berries during a routine bag check. For me, I couldn't bring it in. And... Cass explained the situation. Still, a movie manager asked him to throw them out. Cass asked for a refund. They said no, so he marched right along with his original plans. I probably thought I was calling her bluff and... I didn't in a million years thought they would actually call the cops on me for bringing strawberries into a movie theater. Moviegoers say the crackdown was a rotten thing to do. I mean, I understand they need to make money off of food, but I'm sure that a movie theater doesn't sell strawberries anyway, and he's trying to be healthy. Cass says he doesn't hold a grudge, but is still stunned a bucket of strawberries turned into the main attraction. It's an attraction he now hopes will shine a spotlight on healthier snacking options at movie theaters. I'm fully hoping to get gouged on strawberries. Um, I hope that they charge me up the wazoo for them. In Park Slope, Jonathan Vigliotti, News 4 New York. Are you kidding me? What the hell? I mean, good Lord. They, they, they sent cops on a berry call? Okay, let, let's, let's recap here. Remember a few years ago in Colorado, that horrible, tragic movie theater shooting spree? I think like uh, 23 people were shot to death. Now, now here's a guy that walks into a crowded movie theater with face paint dressed like the Joker from Batman with a rifle. And this guy saunters right through to the movie theater. And we got a guy with a, uh, a little jar full of straw- fresh strawberries. And somehow this guy gets a, gets a bag check and gets frisked. So you can't take those strawberries into the theater. Why not? Because we have a feeling you're going to stand at the front of the theater and throw them at people, and you could kill someone. No, I'm a diabetic. I'm going to eat them. I'm sorry, sir. So that, that is a terrorist threat that you have right there. Oh, my God, I'm a diabetic. Uh-huh. Is that a branch of the Al-Qaeda? So really bizarre, really bizarre. And then, and then here's something that uh, I noticed at the end of the interview. Listen, listen to this again. This is a real sign of uh, where our society is at. I'm fully hoping to get gouged on strawberries. Um, I hope that they charge me up the wazoo for them. See, that might be the most scary part of this whole story, is that we are so conditioned to be charged up the wazoo for for snack items at the movie theaters that it's it's part of our vocabulary now like this guy was saying look i'm i'm happy i i i I'd, I'd, I'd be happy to eat strawberries in your theater and you guys can make a killing on them J- just charge me like 40 bucks for a bottle of a jar of strawberries i know you guys overcharge for stuff I, I, if i have to i'll pay and that's a sad commentary on movie theaters. And I'll tell you what, man. I love going to the movies. That's, that's one of my great hobbies in life. I, I've been going to movies ever since I can remember. I just, I just love it. I don't, I don't like watching them on TV. I don't like to rent the DVD. I mean, I, I will, but I like to go and see them in the theater. I like the big screen. I like the, buying the snacks. I like... I like hearing people's reactions. I, I just love it. 
But lately, it's been getting harder and harder. I was at a movie theater last weekend, okay, and I was up in Canada, in Vancouver, Canada, okay? I go into the movie, and they charged me. I never get the big popcorn. I can, I can never eat a big, even a medium. I always get the small popcorn. How much popcorn can you eat? It's kind of disgusting after about four handfuls anyway. But people that buy these giant tubs and the, the even the medium bags are huge. I, I don't know how you do it, man. So I always get the small one. And uh, the movie theater charges me $8. That's right, $8 for a bag of small popcorn, man. And then part of that $8 was it was like it was like six something or seven something. And then they said, do you want butter on that? And I go, of course. And they go, okay, that's an extra 75 cents or an extra dollar or whatever. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So they're just looking for any way to extract money from you. And I'm like, $8 for a small... This is before drinks. This is before anything else. And then I ordered one of those little uh, Vita Waters, you know, the Triple the X Vita Water, $4.00. For a bottle of Vita Water. Do you know if in, in the grocery store I could buy a case of Vita Water for $4? Do you know how much it costs to pop popcorn? Okay, for the amount of popcorn they put in a small bag of popcorn, it probably cost them about six cents, maybe top end 25 cents. Now I'm not an expert, so let's go let's go over the deep end. Let's say it cost them seventy-five cents, which I doubt, because you can buy a whole bag of microwave popcorn for like a buck or less. So they give me a small popcorn that probably cost them pennies, and they're charging me eight effing dollars. Wow. It's one thing that theaters have to make some money off of you know, the concessions. But you're getting to a place where you're making it ugly. You're making it ugly. It's one thing to kind of, you know, go with the flow and go, okay, I get it. They need to, you know, the movies are expensive. All right, you know, the, 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 we know the pop only costs like five cents for a Coke and eight cents for a popcorn. I'm, I'm willing to pay three, four bucks. But when you're getting up near double digits, for food that that you can buy for pennies, there's a difference between getting you know, kind of going along with it, winking the eye and going along with it, and, and getting friggin' raped. Like it's like I'm a consumer, and it's like you know what I'm 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 not willing to bend over for you guys like that. So you know what I'm not a cheap ass either. I I have fun spending money. But I'll tell you what I don't have fun is when I don't have fun getting gouged. And uh, you know what I start doing now? If I see if I know of a place that charges too much, just because I don't I don't like being I don't like going to a movie and f I'm going out to feel good. I don't want to go out and feel like geez, I just pretty much had a gun put to my head for popcorn. I'm starting to buy snacks and sneak them in now. Screw them. Screw them, man. I'll buy a chocolate bar for 80 cents and stick a bottle of water in my pocket. 
that that rate there cost me a a dollar fifty versus uh eight dollars for popcorn and twelve dollars or four dollars for a drink it's twelve bucks man now in the vast scheme of things what's twelve bucks but you don't want to pay you know would you go to McDonald's and say, yeah, I'll have the, uh, give me the $10 Big Mac, please, when you know the Big Mac's only $1.50? Like, you're not going to do it, man. So these movie theaters, I know they're in a bit of trouble because now they're competing with Netflix and they're competing with, uh, you know, on demand and people stay home and watch stuff on their computers and digital downloads all this stuff but but uh sticking it to us uh theater goers with that you're you're walking a thin line my friends Hmm? yeah so anyways there you go leave your berries at home uh because you know you might get a random bag check at the old movie theater and uh get you know mortgage your house Take out a loan, go to the theater, and buy some snacks. Good grief. One cheeseburger with everything coming up. Hello? Hello? When you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are. Because when you wish upon a star, Paul and Reese Williams, your dreams um okay uh thank you for that lovely serenade um wow oh i feel so much better right knowing my dreams can come true thank you mysterious caller if you want to leave a voicemail uh like that, if you want to serenade me, you can find the number for my voicemail at harlanwilliams.com. I don't think you can sing much better than that, chap. Wow. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, here's something in the news that was a little bit sad, but maybe something good. Uh, our friend David Letterman of Late Night uh, Television the famous talk show host we all know and love, uh, announced yesterday he is going to get, uh, he's going to uh, retire. Um, and that's uh, kind of sad, you know. He's, he's one of these guys that's been in our lives for, for many, many decades. Uh, he started out as a very cutting-edge guy. He uh, started out... Uh, just bringing a real irreverent kind of silly type of humor to late night television, and uh, he kind of pulled did a bunch of things and stunts that most of us had never seen before, and just kept us really entertained. And uh, as I was a as I was a youth growing up, uh, Letterman was the staple for me. He he was he was the guy I watched in college. You know, me and my roommates would stay up late at night and watch Dave. So I have fond memories of that, and then. As I got into the stand-up industry, my mission in life, my my goal as a stand-up comedian was to get on Letterman's show. I was like, oh, my God, if I can get on the Letterman show, I'm set. I'm golden. I don't need anything else. 
And so that was kind of my M.O. when I started stand-up. I was like, A, I want to be funny and, and make people laugh and travel and do clubs. But B, as as the crowning jewel of my stand-up career, I you know, nothing... Nothing kind of says it better than getting the honor of being on the David Letterman show, and uh, and uh, I uh, I was on it. I was on the show several times, many times. I think uh, five or six times to be exact. And um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna recount kind of how that all went down. Uh, I'll probably save that for later down the road uh, when Dave actually does retire. I mean, th- this was just the announcement. But uh, it was uh, it was a little bit uh, shocking, a little bit sad, but you knew it was coming. I'm sure all of us have en- enjoyed some laughs from David Letterman. Although I will say that, it, it, you know, I said earlier it might be a good thing because, you know, it might be time. You know, I've, I've, I don't watch Dave as much as I used to, uh, and there's a reason for that. You know, everybody changes. Everybody goes through, uh, you know, different phases of their life, and, and I noticed over the last maybe decade or so, the last 10 years, that Letterman, to me, started to get a little more crotchety. He was coming across as less of a uh, kind of a, that fun, lovable guy. And was starting to become a little uh, more older and crotchety and kind of cranky and and he started um, he started kind of airing his political views a lot, like on his show and in his monologues and and I don't care what side of the fence you are politically, you know, Democrat or Republican or whatever. That's you're right. That doesn't faze me. But either side of that. Aisle. I, I don't I don't really want to hear that from you. I, I don't mind you hearing making jokes about either side, you know, whoever's in power, whoever's not in power. I, I, I love political jokes. But when you start, you know, letting the audience know that you're this way versus that way and you start like kind of using your late night forum as a soapbox to kind of preach your opinions and your views that started to turn me off um because i i don't like that it's it's like you know unless you're that type of show like you're the daily show with john stewart where you're kind of supposed to do that or if you're you're um bill maher and you, you kind of you stand on a certain side of your politics your political beliefs then go for it you know what i mean but um but when you're kind of that middle guy that's supposed to make everybody happy late at night when they're going to bed, you know, stick to the joke, stick to just being funny. And so as much as I love Dave and adore Dave and will always be grateful to Dave, uh, I did also feel uh, as time was going on that he was changing a bit. It wasn't it wasn't the Dave I loved as a college guy or even, you know, 10 years ago I liked him a lot more as a, as a, uh, as a host. Um, but also, sadly, and this is, I, I, I don't know what this is, but I, I noticed whenever I'd watch him lately, too, as he's getting older, I think he's in his uh, late 60s or early 70s. No, I think he's in his late 60s, maybe. I'm not sure, but he's he's getting up there. And I, I would notice that he started making a lot of verbal mistakes uh, lately. And I'm not picking on him. I'm just saying I think that might be... A result of his age, I noticed that he'd he'd kind of 
trip up on his words. He'd forget names. He'd forget jokes. He'd kind of read things wrong. And it made me start to wonder if, you know, age is starting to be a factor and he's starting to, like, you know, slow down and not be as quick as he used to be. And, well, obviously that's probably what it is, but that's hard to see because Dave was always so razor sharp. And he's still very sharp, but it's different when you see a guy who's just, you know, pretty flawless and, and never really makes mistakes. And I noticed almost... You know, on every occasion now when I watch his show, he kind of makes a little verbal flub or some kind of miscue. Uh, he gets the, the reference wrong, and uh, maybe maybe it's a good thing. With all due respect, of course, maybe it's a good thing that he's he's bowing out, and maybe maybe he's at an age where the faculties aren't quite where they've always been. And, you know, we all get older and start to decline a little, except for me, of course. And um, so so maybe the, the timing's right. And and I'm sure, and I don't know, but I'm sure he he wanted to outlast Leno. I mean, because, you know, that whole thing between him and Leno and The Tonight Show, that was such a debacle. And, and Letterman probably always felt he was the rightful heir to The Tonight Show. And... Sadly, his ratings uh, his ratings never were able to surpass uh, Jay Leno's, uh, although Letterman's ratings were b- superior to Jay's in the early years when they were both on the air. But later on, uh, Jay passed uh, Dave and never looked back. And so I'm sure Dave probably just wants that one year, that that one moment in time where there's no Jay Leno in the picture. It's just like here I am. I'm the I'm the seasoned veteran late night guy now. Screw you. There's no one else out there. Um, but sadly, even though he's in that spot, it looks like the numbers for Jimmy Fallon are doing quite well, and so that kind of takes a little bit of the shine off that. But you know what? What doesn't fade is the contribution Dave made, the laughter he gave us, his skill, his talent, his, uh, you know, he's just a true original. He was amazing at what he what he did and still, still is. And, uh, you know, I'm going to miss him. And it was nothing short of a supreme honor to be on his show, to sit with him, to talk with him, to laugh with him, to make to make him laugh, you know. For a guy like me that comes from the suburbs of Toronto to be sitting next to Dave and making him laugh, talk about dreams come true, man. But as I said, I'm going to save my uh, my reflections on on Dave Letterman, my personal uh, experiences with him. I will save I will save those for uh, when the time comes, maybe a year from now, and I'll dedicate a special block on the podcast to. Uh, to talk about that so there you go dave congratulations on such a great run and uh you will be missed you will be missed uh one cheeseburger with everything on it coming right up And speaking of comedy, you know what? Why don't we end the show uh just the other night like two three nights ago i I popped in at a local comedy club. I'd been working all day, and I went and got some dinner, and I was tired, and I was like, ah, you know what? 
I'm going to go pop up on stage and, and work on a couple of new jokes and, you know, just, just riff and just not do a big, like, Harlan Williams stand-up show, but just, just get out there and just riff and see if I can come up with any new material. So uh, I walked up the street to the local comedy club. I'm, I'm working in Vancouver here. Um, we're shooting the second season of my sitcom package deal. And uh, so it was about, I don't know, it was about 9 o'clock at night. And I wandered up to the local comedy club, and uh, Jason, the owner there, I said, hey, man, I'm going to just pop up and do some stuff. You cool? He goes, oh, yeah, man, go on, go right on. And, you know, that's one of the perks of kicking around the comedy scene for as long as I have. You kind of you get to walk in now and then and just jump on up. It's, it's, it's fun. It's nice. And, um, and so I did, and uh, I thought I'd just close the show. I threw on my uh, voice recorder. And I thought, you know, it'd be fun to just let you guys hear me just kind of goofing around on stage, talking to the crowd, trying to come up with new new material, as you'll hear. Some of it works, some of it doesn't, but that's the process. So here we go live to uh, me a couple of nights ago, just uh, freewheeling it at the Comedy Mix in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. <laughs> Because they say, right, laughter is the best medicine. Have you ever been in the hospital, ma'am? And you don't have to answer, but that's too personal. But, you know, I'm just trying to get a riff going. Have you ever been in the hospital? Can you tell me what for, my love? Ma'am? A horse stepped on my foot. A horse stepped on your foot, ma'am. Did you learn never to dance with horses again? How did a horse step on your foot, my child? You were wearing flip-flops at a rodeo. <laughs> when you go swimming in the ocean, you wrap yourself in bacon first. Or... <laughs> Did the uh, horse have a horseshoe on, man? Yeah. So it wasn't really lucky for you, was it? <laughs> Did you break your foot, my child? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're heavy, aren't they? What do those things weigh? I mean, let's not use uh, kilos. Let's go to pounds. People like pounds. How many pounds did the horse weigh? I, I'm not too sure. You don't, do you know what kind of horse it was? Was it a pimento? Was it a uh, one of those uh, Cheshire Shires sort of that you like so much? You roll around in your Kia bunk bed at night and dream about them? Was it a uh, working stock? Was it a... <laughs> It was what? I don't know what kind of horse. You don't know what kind of horse it was. It was just on my foot. It was on your fucking foot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Foot crunching horse is what I want. Your toes curl up like that, man? That's like a clump, like a fucking giant clump of fucking meat on your leg. (laughs) You ever been stepped on by a horse, man? No. You will. How about you, wild child? You ever been in the hospital? Man, what were you in for? Please share. Sir, over here. She was in the hospital. What were you in for, my child? I had a spine injury. Yeah, a spine injury. Okay, thanks for bringing the show to a screeching That's horrible, man. 
what was the spine industry? A, a fucking hippo sit on you or something? <laughs> um, what, how did you hurt your spine, Mike? Because you have a very beautiful posture. You're very erect, isn't she? Isn't that a nice posture? Is that your lady? Is that um, your... I want to, but... You want to. <laughs> Girls love that. You're getting laid tonight for sure. Hey, high five, crooked bat. How did you hurt you? Can you share, ma'am? How did you hurt your spine? That's, we shouldn't laugh at that. Huh? Sir, stop laughing. How'd you hurt your back, my child? You herniated a disc, were you lifting something really heavy? No. No, how did it happen? Remember just sitting there typing it? There goes my fucking back. I should have done all caps. You fucking move. Sea World for this place. <laughs> <laughs> so I up Manta Ray Hall. She you watch your fucking self, all right? I'll leave her head. <laughs> How did you herniate the back? And then I've got a show to do, man. You're taking a long fucking time here. How did you... What were you doing, my child? <laughs> you were working out. Isn't it nice to be healthy? <laughs> What a horrible irony, huh? You're working out to be healthy and you fucking wreck your back and you're in the hospital. Huh? You ever do that, huh? Ma'am, do you exercise, my love? Ma'am, looking right the fuck at you? Ma'am, like a fucking barn owl up on the beam looking at a little fucking mouse running around in the hay, ma'am. Sit down, walk away quickly. How about you, big guy? You, you ever been in the hospital? Oh, yeah. yeah, what happened to you? Wild I thing? wiped out skateboarding last year. You wiped out skateboarding? Tore all the ligaments in my elbow. Tore the ligaments? Were you up on one of those railings? <laughs> oh. No, I was actually going to see her and I wiped out on a curve pretty bad. I'm double jointed. Shit. So it just snapped. Right? You double jointed? Holy yeah. shit, so you can smoke two joints at a time? <laughs> <laughs> What's that guy? That's what I meant when I said it. That's what you meant when you said it. Yeah, that's why I enunciated it for you, so you didn't say it, so I got it out there for you. Guy, you've been in the hospital, huh? No? No. So let me ask you this. Have you ever been fucking born? Just floated down a fucking river, didn't you, Moses? Well, they say laughter's the best medicine. Isn't that right, my little virgin friend? <laughs> <laughs> laughter is the best medicine. But we got to be thankful that they don't apply that in real life. I mean, can you imagine going to the hospital? Mr. Johnson, you have a terminal brain tumor. Knock, knock. <laughs> 
Who's there? Yura. Yura who? You're gonna be fucking dead in six months. Okay, you didn't like that one? Let's move along. Ma'am, how are you? You okay? You look a little bored? Or maybe that's just the board beside you there. What's your name, ma'am? You got that one, sir. so hard your asshole looked like an apple fritter? <laughs> All right, there you go. Let, let's stop it there, Raj. We'll, we'll, we'll play the rest of it. Uh, there's not a lot more, but we'll, maybe we'll play the rest of it on another show. So there you go. As you can see, not not a lot. I think I tried one new joke in that whole riff. It was mostly me just talking to the crowd. All of it built up around the whole uh, laughter is the best medicine. Knock, knock, who's there? So the joke itself was, <laughs> I think it was 30 seconds and then 20 minutes of getting there, just having fun with the crowd. So I uh, hope you enjoyed that. End the show with some chuckles. And uh, like I said, we'll we'll play the rest of that for you maybe uh, later on, uh, you know, upcoming podcast. I'm sure there's some more in there. Um, So that's it for now, folks. Thanks for being here. Tell your friends to get on the Harland Highway. Please spread the word. We want everyone to enjoy the laughter because laughter is the best medicine. Knock, knock. Who's there? Harland. Harland who? Harland Highway. What? Um... Please uh, check out my website, harlanwilliams.com. You can go to our store and pick up some fun merchandise. You can check out my stand-up comedy dates live across the country, across the world. Just check out check uh, on my uh, stand-up schedule. Um, also, uh, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. That is totally free, and you'll be the first to see any of my wacky videos I put up there. Uh, what else? You can write me at harlanwilliams.com if you have a comment or a criticism or a letter or whatever. Uh, you can also phone and leave a message and sing When You Wish Upon a Star or whatever you want. Uh, the number is right there on the homepage at harlanwilliams.com. And uh, click on the Amazon link while you're there if you're going to be shopping on Amazon. That gives us a little uh, financial kickback here at the highway, which certainly helps. And what else? You know, it's better than an $8 bag of popcorn. At least the Harlan Highway is free. God. Um, and what else? Check out ATC.com. That's All Things Comedy, which is the podcast network. You can find my podcast lingering around, as well as some very other funny comedians. Jake Johansson, Bill Burr, Al Magical. Oh, what a, what a lineup of funny people at ATC. And uh, that is it, man. Uh, I don't have any stand-up dates to plug because, as I said, I'm up here uh, shooting season two of my sitcom package deal. I'll keep you updated on that as we go along. So that's it. We are out. We'll see you at the movies. Go get your berries while they're still fresh. And until next time, chicken chow mein, baby.